With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Discussion 5 brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network is growing, and we want to make sure that you're aware of everything going on. So let's give you the rundown of the schedule every week brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every single Monday, that's all 31 NHL shows coming at you. One show for every NHL team. On Tuesdays, we've got Tales with TR, which also runs on Thursdays. Uh, We've also got Hockey to Heroin coming to you. The Road to Recovery, hosted by Brady Leavold, every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, The Fourth Line Voice, coming to you every Wednesday and Sunday. The Ice Analytics Podcast, coming to you every Friday. And the House of Hockey Podcast, every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. If you want to see more, go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or at HockeyPodNet to check out more. everybody and welcome to episode 58 of the discussion five we almost hit 60 and of course that magic number 69 on its way we are the brothers of discussion here to talk detroit red wings hockey with you we talk about the five most pressing matters that's why we're called the discussion five there aren't five of us so hard to figure out isn't it coming to you every monday morning with uh, the, those five hot detroit red wings topics We are here because of the Hockey Podcast Network, as you heard from the top of the show. We hope that you'll check out thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and at HockeyPodNet so you can stay up to date on all the new shows that are coming, uh, like the uh, Hockey to Heroin uh, podcast just had uh, Theo Fleury as a guest, I think. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. Uh, We were just doing It was just Mark Andre. And uh, and Theo came up, so maybe I'm mixing things up. But anyway, check out that uh, uh, Hockey to Heroin uh, podcast. It's not how you get to it. It's how you recover from it. Um, So got to make sure I point that out. Uh, House of Hockey podcast, also uh, a joy to listen to. And I I do love every Friday the Ice Analytics podcast. So there's something for everyone, something for uh, every uh, fan of the NHL, because uh, we also come out with... uh, podcast for every single nhl team uh check it out uh ehockeypodcastnetwork.com but if you are looking for some pro wrestling we got what you're looking for uh as the brothers of discussion go to bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com to check us out we are at bod podcast and we will be tomorrow night watching money in the bank oh you know what this is coming out monday so we were tweeting out um money in the bank last night we hope that you caught it uh a little too late to tell you to join us but uh join us every monday and wednesday and friday uh to uh to hear our stylings on twitter and then of course on uh, on instagram we have our joint account that is both detroit red wings hockey but mostly pro wrestling at brothers underscore of underscore discussion and uh that is also where we're posting our igtv episodes which always have to be a little bit shorter because even if we try to go for an hour it goes to an hour and a minute and who wants to just have it end a minute early 
So those are always a little bit shorter, but if you want to check out entire episodes of both Brothers of Discussion and The Discussion 5, make sure you're following along on the website because we have links to all uh, all of the different podcast platforms that we're on, which pretty much we're on every single one. Uh, that's bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page where now we have our fancy videos that follow along. Uh, so please subscribe and uh, comment along, you know, and, and uh, answer the questions that pop up while you're watching the episode. If you want, full episode, nothing edited out. It's just us talking. That's the podcast and the YouTube page. All right, everybody. Uh, I hope... I hope you were watching me and uh, not being distracted by Mike. Uh, but first of all, it's it's uh, we've we've got to recognize our boy Steve Eiserman. Happy birthday to Steve Eiserman! I'm unfortunately going to be standing in front of Steve the entire episode. Uh, but yeah, don't don't forget uh, we're recording this Saturday morning, so it is it is Steve Eiserman's birthday today as we're speaking, uh, not when you're listening to this. Uh, Mike, favorite Steve Eiserman memory? It was going to be something hockey related, but if you can just move to your right, I think it's that expression he's making on his birthday. Um, it definitely looks like somebody who said, you know what, I've, I've had enough birthdays. He just looks, Jesus. he looks like Zeb Coulter. Like no, he looks he, done. He's he looks done with like, birthdays. He looks like the guy who was told to take that picture and was busy doing something else. Like that's, to me, that's what that looks like. That that's no, because I, I think Steve and I are of the same opinion. Because I I just turned thirty three and I forgot. I, if my birthday wasn't on Cinco de Mayo, I would forget that it's my birthday. I mean, now I'm thirty three. I you know, what's next for me? I'll probably turn thirty four. Uh, that's a good guess. But uh, I, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean. I guess you could celebrate when you hit a new decade, uh, but uh, you know what, Steve? That's what that's what birthdays at our age deserve. You know, well, he's we get got older. he's got a bit of a milestone. It's it's fifty five. That's, that's a, you know, it's a, it's as in a zero or a five. Those seem to be the big ones. At, at uh, no, you, get, half, you get halfway to now. sixty between fifty and get 60. back to me in five years. Get back to me in five years, Matt. Uh, we have a, a fun filled episode coming here. Um, I don't know if you wanted to do your Steve Eiserman moment. It's going to be hard to top turning 55. Um, that's that's a big it's a big year, I guess. I don't know. Uh, man, you know, uh, the one story I'll say that our dad always likes to share, it was uh, Red Wings, St. Louis Blues, Eiserman skating on, I think, half a leg at that point, and he scored that overtime goal back when we still did you know, the, the full overtimes that were felt like they were an hour of gameplay, you know, per, per session. And it was, uh, you know, buried in about the third overtime and Steve got that goal and my dad tackled me and, you know, I was only what about 10 years old then. Um, and I weighed probably about, you know, 90 pounds and our dad was about, you know, 220 pounds and he just totally pancaked me. But, we are both so excited that the Red Wings won um, in dramatic fashion. Um, it was hard to remember what was on the TV. I remember the, the puck. I remember the puck going in. I remember the lights getting loud. And then I remember my dad just enveloping me as he came. Yeah! So those are my three memories. Um, they're <laughs> partially TV, but mostly my dad coming to do the, the big uh, 
you know, the big splash. Um, just, but Matt, what's just quick what's... flashes of Steve? Uh, yeah. No, I, you you make a great point because should I, you know, do we talk about a game that you know you and I weren't really hockey fans at the time? Uh, so I, I'm I'm gonna go to the the 2002 Stanley Cup. Uh, well, the the playoffs, but I'm gonna go to Game Six against the Colorado Avalanche when uh, Patrick Wild lifts his glove to show everyone he made the tremendous save. Uh, but the puck's still laying on the ice, so uh, our, our boy Stevie Y just decided to tip that sucker in. Um, and, and honestly, what what's so great, um, I you really saw like a friendship or the camaraderie. And and as uh, all this pandemic stuff's been going on, we don't have live games, but we do have all of these Stanley Cup replays. So you get to see these games uh, against um, you know like Carolina, where we're we're taking the cup. And the game ends, and Scotty Bowman has on the ice uh, Brandon Shanahan and Steve Eiserman. And that game six goal against the Colorado Avalanche was also seeing the two of them celebrate and kind of laughing through the moment. Uh, so uh, watching all this stuff has really been bringing me back. Even though we did give the NHL and the Detroit Red Wings a really hard time when it started coming out, I have been watching every single one and loving it so yeah as hard of a time as as we gave our hot take of going man what a dumb idea i fucking love it right now yeah question all right uh it's 18 years later um patrick was you know obviously doing a flourish he's being a kind of a showboat but in a city that you know we're we're you can't even say the word process without thinking of calvin johnson you know, not getting credit for catching a touchdown against the Bears. And he didn't, like, fully, for some reason, they didn't consider it a touchdown because he didn't hold on to the ball an extra second. Do you think that Patrick Waugh should have been given credit for a save? Like, did he get a Calvin Johnson moment there? Or, come on, it's 18 years later. You know, let's try and be unbiased. I know you're wearing a Red Wings hat. You can turn your head around for a second. Was that was that a goal? Oh. Should that have counted? Or should that have been, you know, like Calvin Johnson, like a common sense touchdown? Should this have been a common sense save? No, uh, he, I, I pulled it up right now. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm even remembering it wrong. Because uh, it was Eiserman who made the shot and it was Shanahan who put it in. Now that I'm, I'm watching it right now. So Eiserman yeah. made the shot right out front. Shanahan is the one who comes in after a while, lifts his glove. Uh, but it's, it, it has to be a goal because Wad never had it. So you can't, I mean, he kind of had it. We get it. Not when you lift your hand and there's nothing there. What does that mean? So you kind of so had wait, it. So your argument wait. is that you should just be able to fly, flail around in front of the net and go, hi, I hit all those. You guys missed it. Cause in my memory, like, I just think of him like, yeah, like uh, he snags it. And then he's like, Woo! oh shit. But what you're saying is he's kind of like. Oh, I don't know where it is, and then it just went in. No, he did not say I don't know where it is. He, well, you he kind of flashed the glove like he had it, and then I like I'm watching it right now, and he never like it's a split second. Like Eiserman right out front takes the shot while lifts his his so he's ready to show off like Hi, I just saved uh I, I made a huge save on Steve Eiserman, and it's. It, it, it's 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 a split second like between him stopping Eiserman and shanahan coming in and knocking the puck in the net so it's so not like think, they were, 
It's not like it was like four. On... Oh, so it's like one second. You you think that even now, eighteen years later, still cool. the right call was made. I don't need to say. I mean, obviously, my memory was off because I pictured Shanahan taking the shot and Eiserman knocking it in, but it, it was flipped. It was reversed. So now that I'm watching the replay right now, but um, which is funny that this is my favorite Steve Eiserman memory now that I've completely. It's also my favorite Patrick Watt memory. That's probably the real answer because what what I was gonna say was when uh, Eiserman had like his his orbital bone broken and hearing him tell that story of his eyeball hanging out. I think that that is probably the memory I'll carry with me forever for Steve Eiserman. But, uh, yeah, to go back to your question, I don't know how, like, it, it's a boneheaded play by by Wa. He was ready to show off, and he well, didn't I'll have say the puck. That, um, I think that he wore his emotions a little too much on his sleeve. Like, like, once the puck went in, there wasn't, like, furious arguing. There was just the, oh, my God. So, I, it, like, the guilty part is I think the ref would have looked at him, and, yeah, he, he let that in. That's a goal. So, it's yeah. a goal. Did you and just watch? Go to the center line. Did yeah, you just, just watch the replay? Again. Okay, good. Because yeah. I'm so, like, uh, yeah, like he never, he, yeah, he wasn't like slamming his stick on the post or anything. He's just like, fuck. Okay. Well, Matt, uh, we got yeah. a lot of show left here. I know we want to redo the 2000 draft a little bit, but uh, before we do, Matt, looks like the NHL is moving closer and closer to doing what we wanted all along. Let's end the regular season. <laughs> Let's go straight and do this uh, this tournament. I guess the cup will still be raised at the end, so this means no more Red Wing games. Yes. Um, Matt, are there any other big hurdles left, or we're just waiting on some approval here? I think so. It's so weird. They keep talking about like the board of governors, but uh, on the flip side, it's I think it's Katie Strang. That's report. They don't need any approval. They can just do whatever the hell they want. Like they can move forward with all this stuff. So, all of the complaining, I think, from the GMs has kind of halted any sort of announcement. Um, but there might be, there might be something to all of this without an official announcement being made for uh, both moving straight into a twenty-four team tournament and not having a regular season, um, and this this new NHL draft that's been proposed. Um, I think part of what's going on here is they're not going to make the official announcement till there's just like a little eensy bit of time for everyone to complain about it. So I don't think they want to go a whole month of interviews with GMs and players about how dumb the decision making is. I think they want to go like, hey, this is probably happening, so you should prepare. And then a week before go, all right, no, it is official. We are we are going to do it this weekend. Because uh, what, I mean, what do they need? They need everyone in front of their laptop uh, on a Zoom meeting. So they don't, I mean, it's not like you got to prepare and set up like travel plans. You just, I oh, just do it from home. Yeah. So they could, I mean, they could announce it that the draft's going to happen tomorrow and they could probably still put it together. Uh, who's right? I mean, Brandon Shanahan's made the, the comment, like we did all of our scouting. So we're, we do it now or we do it in December. It's, we're ready to go, so we don't. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. I just, uh, <clears throat> I just hope the NHL um, takes a little bit of time to uh, kind of force feed, like television wise, like force feed, you know, more mock drafts. Um, so kind of get people familiar a little, a little more familiar than they could be with these players. 
Um, and I'm also terrified because, you know, this draft is like where the NFL, you know, 100% of the players were in the United States. 100% of them came from like major college, you know, programs. So we could kind of keep track and tabs of where they are, uh, get cameras situated, like in the homes of, you know, top picks and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, like if we were doing Mo Cider again and Iserman kind of, you know, pulled that rabbit out of his hat, like, I don't know if we would have had a camera in Cider's house. You know what I mean? So I, I hope that they can still kind of get that uh, experience that the NFL did and improve upon it and not necessarily have it where it's kind of like, oh, this isn't as good as the NFL's. Like, I kind of wish they'd taken some lessons from that. Um, I, I honestly And it just might it, be toughy, tougher because of that international flavor. Yeah, it, it can't be the same. Um, it won't be the same in the sense that we're all going to be so excited for players that are being drafted. And, and the point's been made, like, you're comparing – the NFL draft that sometimes you get to watch some of these players for like three or four years on ABC and NBC on Saturdays, it just can't be the same. It won't. Uh, what they're looking for is to have more relevance than probably ever before with an NHL draft, but it's still going to be apples to oranges saying the NHL draft could any way compare to the NFL draft. It, it's not the same every year. It can't be the same this year. It won't even come close because of all those different elements that come into like getting to know these players. And um, I mean, this is this is that first effort being made to try and get closer to the NFL. I think um, this is one of those things where it's like we can make this decision and try and become more relevant in American homes. And I just. I think that's how it has to be looked at. I think if they start telling themselves, like, we need, like, people in different countries getting these Zoom uh, or, or just some sort of webcam video ready to go for all these players, um, like, that's, it's just not, it's just not Well, like, happen. maybe that experience is going to be limited, but I think we saw the weakness of that NFL draft was that Roger Goodell has the personality of a shoe. Uh so all they would have to do is, you know, in some in some capacity, have the commissioner involved. But I mean, this is an opportunity here for us to get, you know, like the famous, almost like an Oscar night for the NHL. Um, have like a John Hamm host. Have people like Jenna Fisher, who's like getting her fandom out there. Get the comedians out there. Get Mike Myers out there. Get Dana Carvey out there. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey's the uh, the big Canadians who like hockey. Um, I think this is a, a huge opportunity, not necessarily for them to announce picks, but, you know, maybe for them to kind of have, you know, a little bit of NHL fun, a little, you know, Canadian humor always seems to be something that NHL likes. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about, you know, Jeff Daniels and was it Dave Poulier sneaking into the Red Wings locker room, and that was still a big story on NHL.com. So that's two other guys who, you know, we could definitely spice up this whole event with. Um I, I think it's an opportunity. I, I would not have the commissioner out there. That would be my big takeaway is how boring, you know, Roger Goodell is and everybody hates Batman. So, you know, make it a little bit of an Oscar night. That's, that's what I would do. Have it a little bit of, a little bit of razzle dazzle. I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure you don't. Yeah. You don't play NHL. Uh, you don't play Chell, the EA sports game. Uh, like, the NHL will completely blow that opportunity. I, I have to listen to every, like, eighth game. Snoop Dogg does the second period announcing. And 
man, it is the most embarrassing, like, even in a pre-recorded situation with Snoop Dogg, it is so condescending. Uh, I have to listen. Hey, 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 Snoop Dogg, uh, what, what do you like most about hockey? And then, uh, poor Snoop, like, I'm so glad he got paid to do that. Snoop? But, I mean, huh? well, does he play hockey? No, he says in the thing, no, I don't know how to skate. I could probably play some, some street ball. And it's, it's like, it couldn't be more obvious what they're trying to do. Let's be on the same page. It's Snoop Dogg is an A-list celebrity. Like everybody knows who that guy is. Yeah. So, I mean, if they had the budget to get an A-list celebrity, why would you get a guy who's like kind of lukewarm on hockey? It's just... Cause now it's cool. <laughs> I just so Snoop Dogg does this thing too when you score and he's watching. He just like it doesn't really track like what you do in the game and how he announces like a goal. So he's just yeah. like split the defense, split the defense, and that's not me repeating it. That's him doing like that's what I listen to is him going split the defense, split the defense. <laughs> Like, and it was a breakaway. Is is really good about like getting um like you'll be playing the game and then they'll do the you know there's a regular commentary yeah um but then like Kevin Garnett will drop in and he'll you know put in his two cents. Um, He's a basketball player. You would hear like Kobe. I know, but these guys are like personalities. You know, it's like you'll hear Shaq. It's you know, it's not it's not non non athletes and people who don't care or they'll have like. I don't know how he wormed his way in, but Bill Simmons got his way into the basketball game, and he talks about, like, you know, the 80s Celtics. So, at least with that, it's a guy who bleeds basketball, not Snoop Dogg, who... Even if, like, if the basketball game got, like, Kevin Hart, like, he's a legitimate basketball player, like, where people are like, he's actually got some skills. He can handle a little bit, and he's got hops for a guy who's, like, five foot four. Uh, that would make more sense. And, uh, you know, in that, that kind of, you know, equating it, I just, come on, hockey, don't drop the ball. Get get some Canadian people who, who love hockey. Let's make this entertaining. Don't, don't you know, follow those same pitfalls that the NFL did or that you've already done in your own NHL video game. Please. You know what? We, it, we it also, it also highlights, opportunity. it also highlights how aware the NHL is of how little everyone cares about, like, like a, like Dave Coulier, like nobody nobody's gonna tune in because Dave Coulier's there. Um, Mike, I, probably nobody's yeah. gonna tune in because Mike Myers is there. I love Mike Myers, but I also already love hockey, so I'm not. <laughs> I don't need to be sold to watch the NFL or the uh, NHL draft. So I, I, uh, I mean, people. I think people like universally love John Hamm. I, I think that would be a, a great get for them, like to help with the hosting of. But uh, I, I don't know if, if he has, like, the charisma. Like, I get a Snoop Dogg because that's going to blow up on Twitter because because he does he does still snoop it up, like, while he's doing the, the announcing. And then he, he's been on NHL games, like, real NHL games, doing the same thing. And, like, that blew up on Twitter. And everybody was, was so excited that, that Snoop was there. But, um, like, John Hamm's not going to break the internet because... He's like, yeah, I'm so happy my St. Louis Blues won the cup. And now they're drafting 
you know, so and so. I mean, if you want to crap on my John Hand pick, go ahead. But uh, I think it's a better idea than what they did with Snoop Dogg. So I, I don't know who you had as a better idea, but uh, oh, I, I, whoever, I would argue whoever they, would... they pick, whoever they pick is going to be better than Batman and at least better than Goodell. Please. My my argument is whatever. If they go in that direction, they will completely blow it. That's that's what I was arguing. <laughs> Yeah, um, nobody's man, nobody's. That's not a debate that the NHL is going to screw up. You know, marketability. We're we're trying to fantasy book it here. So <laughs> that's not a debate. That's you know, is it gonna? Is it gonna? Is the sun gonna come out tomorrow? Well, Probably. Oh, no. Is the NHL I mean... gonna fuck up another opportunity to get their product over? Yeah, more than likely. No, I they mean, might I actually would... hire. We hired uh, Roger Goodell to do this year's NHL draft. What? No. Well, All then right, if we're if we're playing we're playing fantasy Ooh, booking, Jackson then at, at the same time the NHL draft happens, uh, the second coming of Christ actually happens like right in front of Gary Bettman, and he he appears that, like I think that might bring more new eyes to the NHL if that's how we're going to fantasy book it. Um, I can't believe that's what you picked to fantasy book. You don't think the you second your... coming of Christ would get ice in <laughs> the NHL draft? Nobody would notice. The NHL would just be over, man. Right? Like, even a guy like me who's not religious, like, then I'd be like, oh, fuck! Like, How did you bring Jesus in? Let's move on. All right, Matt, you want to talk about Anthony Mantha? Because uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent here. Is it in a month? Is it oh, in a man, couple months? Man, you got so uncomfortable here in the J. Yeah, it was it was a weird point. Anyway, Anthony Mantha, Matt, does he actually want to be a Red Wing? Because the quote here is, "I want to be here." Well, that's you Oops. assuming how he delivered that line. Did I put some weird inflection on it? Yeah, maybe. So there, so there's two. It doesn't yeah, say I you... wanna be. It doesn't say I wanna like wanna be here. I I want to be here. Do you do you think? Um, a journalist what's the inflection gonna... on was it a text no I, do you think a journalist is going to title their article i wanna be w-a-n-n-a i wanna be here yeah <laughs> with like a little um what is that called the stick s-i-c i wanna yeah. be here yeah Throw i some would emojis do that. <laughs> on there um and it's just a capital b i wanna be her her um yeah. Snoop Dogg's I, right in the headlines now. I, th- I and the reason I put this down is exactly the question you're asking. I think he's politicking right now. It's like to write an article that he says I want to be here is is ridiculous because what's he going to say at this point? Like he missed half the season because of injury. They're not going to finish out the regular season uh, be- and and give him an opportunity to like show off or say I'm worth this. Uh, I think we're the only team that will give him the value. Or, you know what? We're the team that'll give him the most value. I, I don't know if he went out exploring if he's if he's going to find better options. So I think I think right now he's got to sell as like I love the Red Wings and I need to prove I need to prove that I belong here next year and say yeah. those nice things. But obviously, if if Iserman came out and was like, nah, then Manthe would be like. I was injured, but you saw I I kicked the shit out of everybody in three games. Those first three games this year, you saw it. So you, you all saw. Yeah. You all saw it. You saw Uh-oh. my potential. <laughs> Here's your potential. Here's your production. Right now we gotta. All right, you go down. I'll go. Let's do that. 
it's but just I think I hate funny least, to me when this kind of article. my least favorite articles. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, every year they just roll out a new one, whoever, you know, whoever they copy and paste the article and it's the same, you know, you got to yeah. learn your clean days. You know, I'm just It'll, here for the ball club, you know. It'll be the same thing when, games. when Lafreniere, you know, gets drafted and he's like, ah, I've always loved this organization. I've uh, always so much respect here. for it. Uh, I can't wait to get in the locker room and meet the boys. Pavel's not there. Fuck. Uh. You know, when I was 14 years old um, in my native homeland, I was dreaming of getting drafted by the Red Wings and getting Sunday brunch at Cuzzo's on 8 Mile. It, It's just something I've always wanted to do. And now this uh, draft pick is going to let that happen. I'm actually, I kind of want some Cuzzo's for breakfast. I might do that today. Uh, I'm going to have to post later this week if I ended up getting Cuzzo's um, uh, red velvet waffles and uh, fried chicken because it is tremendous. Um, but anyway, Matt, these are nothing articles. I hate them. Let's do, let's do the ad that I am excited about, and then we'll move into the draft. Matt, oh, that was that wasn't spit a that fun. copy. Spit <laughs> that copy. It was fun. That was a spit terrible transition. Copy. Uh, well, Mike, we usually love to talk about how our nuts are nice and trim because of this the Manscaped no Lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. Uh, we're still doing great. I, I still love this thing. Uh, it's, it's actually, it, it puts you in a good routine too, I think, to, to make sure that, you know, your face is shaved, you're brushing your teeth, uh, you're taking your shower and then you come out. Just another thing to make sure that while we're all going through quarantine and the lockdown, uh, you've, you've got something to, to do every day. And one of those things, I think, for both of us has been using that Lawnmower 3.0. And uh, we're very happy to be sponsored by uh, by Manscaped uh, once again. Uh, Mike, I, I don't know if, uh, if, if you're still wearing those undies, but uh, that, like the second... I wear my Manscaped underwear. They're going right into the the washing machine, so I can wear them the next day. Like, it, it's it's the cycle to make sure that I get as many days in the week as possible with those Manscaped underwear. I can't. Obviously, the ball hair trimmer's great. All the little accessories they give you to go with it, but that Manscaped underwear. Yeah, I'm, oh I'm torn because I I want to wear them in my nether regions but i also am so comfortable in them i want them to be my covid mask so i kind of <laughs> want to cut out a little you know a yeah. joining piece there well the reason they're so comfortable mike is because we've also trimmed as close as we can uh with this lawnmower 3.0 uh the, say goodbye mike to all those nicks uh and we both have uh we we have a nice it just gets you right as close as possible. I, I just remember still that first time using it and, and cutting down and just going, wow, I can really swing my arm around and nothing bad's going to happen. Um, this is the third generation trimmer. Uh, it does have the, the cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent those manscaping accidents. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is the premium nut trimmer. Uh, I, I don't think you could get any more premium than this. I mean, it's a, it's a product unlike grabbing your own your own trimmer for your face and trying to make that work this is created for one purpose battery lasts up to 90 minutes mike you got that longer shave uh one of the coolest features is uh you can shine that light on your nether regions where the sun don't shine i, I think that's uh super helpful there's a reason yeah. they say the sun doesn't shine there 
Uh, nice LED light. 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And that charging stand. You get to show off your Manscaped unit while you're shaving your unit. Um, and also helps you hit those 90 minutes because you're proud to show off your, your charging stand. You just hook that sucker right up to the wall. You're good to go. Uh, if you're listening to us, if you're listening to this episode, of course, we're everywhere now. IGTV, YouTube, uh, all the podcasting uh, platforms. You are one of the first people to hear about this thing. Uh, you get 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the code THPN. Of course, in honor of the Hockey Podcast Network where we're broadcasting from. Uh, that's manscaped.com. Use promo code THPN to get 20% off your lawnmower 3.0 and free shipping to your house. Your balls? Well, thank you. All right. So, moving on. We are now talking the 2000 NHL draft. Mike, I know Woo! you really like this. Um, and then, of course, it's, it's so funny. Like, when Mike is so excited to do something, then I just go over to, uh, is it Bill, is Bill Simmons? Right? I just go over to his podcast, and then I see, right? He's the one that had, that he was doing this. Well, he did it for the boring NBA, boo. We're doing it for the NHL. Yeah! Uh, but, uh, but basically, Mike, yeah. why don't you give us yeah. a little rundown of what? Well, let, let's let's start first with um, this is a very unique NHL draft because it came the day so day one of the NHL draft comes one day after the Minnesota Wild and Columbus Blue Jackets uh, pick their way through the NHL in their expansion draft. I like it's one thing; uh, it just seems too close together like you've you've had probably prospects picked off your team uh because i think you could only you could save like nine forwards uh four defensemen and one goaltender and you four might be going into draft was that yeah and a goalie it was like four defensemen and a goalie i want to say yeah i said one yeah. goaltender um oh, okay so you have you have uh the jackets and the wild picking through your your rosters and instead of it just being like one team uh, like when we had the Knights doing it, but now you've got to go into the draft the next day and free agency another week ahead with multiple guys probably being off your roster. I like for me, it's just, I, I don't know. This is, uh, this would be tough. Uh, when, when you talk about these drafts and trying to figure out like, Oh, my team is, it's going to be missing a few guys that could have, you know, really helped us going forward in the future. Uh, now the Red Wings were pretty lucky cause they lost, uh, Stacy roast and Daryl LaPlante, who uh, didn't really help anybody uh, in their NHL teams. Uh, both of those guys went to the Minnesota Wild, uh, and they also ventured around the league a little bit. Uh, I did want to mention, too, there were, there were some pretty fun names that moved at this expansion draft. Uh, Mike Vernon, Dallas Drake, Matthew Schneider, a few names to uh, to point out there. Uh, I just thought they were cool. You know, Red Wing, future Red Wing players, uh, obviously uh, Vernon, uh getting the stanley cup with us in uh in 97 dallas drake went in with us in 2008 and then there's um then there's matthew schneider all right <laughs> moving to the uh the 2000 nhl draft mike um why don't you give us uh yeah yeah i i i do like i do like how excited you get with um we have like our our awards that we're going to be giving out to different teams and players. Um, I enjoy the excitement that you get because the entire time that we are putting our notes together for these drafts, 
Um, I don't get any context, but all I hear is, oh, wow, for like <laughs> 45 straight minutes. I don't hear, like, I have to go, oh, what'd you see, Mike? Because all Mike wants to do is verbally <laughs> let me know he found something cool. And then I just have to hope that he starts typing in the notes so that I know what he saw. But yeah, it's it's pretty much 40 minutes of Mike just going, ooh, wow. Yeah, we're, I don't, God, there's so, there's, it, it's too fun. All right, well, there's, um. I, I like uh, kind of sorting through all these players, seeing kind of the, the the stats. You know, this is from 2000. Matt, this is 20 years ago. Um, hockey is pretty unique in this way. I think there's a few um, anomalies left in baseball. You know, some dinosaurs that'll that'll make it, you know, past their 30s, into their mid-30s, into their late 30s, into their 40s. Uh, but it's that's it's hockey that kind of sets that precedent. Um, yeah. You know, they're drafting these kids at like 18 and they end up getting to be in the league for, you know, about 20 years. And 2000 was uh, no exception to that rule. Uh, we actually have four guys playing all the way basically through this cutoff season, Matt. Uh, we're talking about Ron Hainsey. We got Justin Williams. Uh, it doesn't get more vanilla in a name than that. Uh, we had Derek Englund, Matt, who was still kicking. But obviously the coup de grace. The cream rises to the top, Matt. That'll be Henrik Lundqvist, uh, drafted all the way back, um, you know, in 2000. Um, I think we, we just missed uh, by a couple years here, including uh, poor Nicholas Cronwall, who I think would have still been playing if his body didn't start betraying him. Um, I mean, these these hockey players are, you know, it's, it's nothing new to talk about. They'll just keep, you know... Randy the Ram just keep going out there and, and playing until they're dead. Um, and <laughs> these guys are, they're warriors, Matt. And um, one of the other things we like to talk about here is uh, some of the, some of the more dubious awards um, bringing up Lundquist. He's uh Matt, he's going to be our Datsuk diamond in the rough winner. Uh, a guy that you have to be drafted at least past a hundred. <laughs> And, uh, we we're going to make it 200, but sometimes, you know, I don't know how this is going to keep going, but Matt, the year 2000 did not disappoint Henrik Lundqvist, um, uh, arguably the best player in this draft, um, uh, taken at 205th. I, I like that you said that because you could actually like, we've talked about it before in comparison to like war for baseball. It's just not as sophisticated as a stat as war but it's the point share stat so how many points have yeah. you actually that that based on performance and the team actually winning have you actually attributed points and think about henrik lungfist is not playing every game for the new york rangers he his point share for this uh draft is number one ranked among all players drafted he's 173.3 number two marion gabrick 108.1 Almost a 70-point difference. And and just to, to keep the, the comparison going, I mean, so that's a 70-point difference between number one and number two. Number two and number three is just a 13-point difference. And then from three to four, four to five, it, it just it keeps shrinking. So you've got this major, major outlier. So to yeah. say that Lungfist is the best person to come out of this draft is probably the... I, I mean, it, it you you are you've nailed it like you couldn't be closer to the truth he absolutely absolutely well, is the best guy coming out of this draft 
just saw I'm going to list a couple more stats for him here, but Matt, tell me uh, <laughs> tell me the point share for uh, first overall pick in real life, Rick DiPietro, just for comparison's sake. Um, while Matt's looking that up, Lundquist drafted 205th. Uh, oddly enough, pretty close to where Datsuk and Zetterberg were taken um, in years prior. Uh, but Matt, we got our uh, 2012 Vesna winner. Uh, he had the 459 career regular season wins. He had a 64 uh, shoutouts. Uh, I don't know why 60 always seemed like this weird plateau for people to hit, but he hit it. It's funny. Um, yeah, obviously... from, it sounded like you said shoutouts. Oh, <laughs> shoutouts? Oh, shoutouts. Yeah, yeah. you just... At the end the of every outs. game, yeah, an interview. Um, Quick shout out, to turn a little more. What's up, guys? 64 shout outs, you guys. You guys rocked it on defense tonight, you know. Um, and then he didn't win his cup, but, you know, he did go to the finals with his uh, his New York Rangers. Matt, did you get that point share for us? I'm, I'm very excited to see how, uh, how the <laughs> poor Islanders fared with their first overall pick. Well, like, Rick DiPietro's story is kind of sad. Uh, he had a lot of injuries, uh, but he's still not too bad. It's 49.3, no. so he's still in the top 20 of all guys drafted this year. So you got to figure, a uh, number one, you probably would love to have the results of, of Henrik Glunkvist. But, um, you know, when you, when you are a goalie, those point share stats do get inflated a little bit. So somebody listening right now might be making that argument in their head. Like, of course, Lundqvist, Lundqvist, Jesus, Lundqvist has so many more, uh, or his point share is so much higher than everybody else because he's a goaltender. Uh, so it's just this idea of, of how much more of the, uh, the wind would be attributed to a guy who's in the net for 60 minutes of a game compared to forwards who are on and off the ice. Uh, but still, uh, you know, the, compared to the other, you know, 500 guys taken, 500, the other 200 guys taken after uh, Di Pietro, for him to be in the top 20 uh, of, of those guys, um, not not too bad. I mean, uh, you get to walk away and say he's a 49.3 point share. Uh, but still, I mean, it, it's playing the eyeball game here and just seeing where Di Pietro's career went uh, compared to uh, Hendrick. I mean, it's yeah. you've got a guy that gets labeled as the king. Um, I mean, he's he's been in one of the toughest markets to play in his entire career. It's just like there's so many things you could throw on top and the mismanagement of the New York Rangers. Um, and he's still... He's still almost at 920 for his save percentage for his career. And, um, yeah, I, it's, it sucks for the Islanders, but uh, it's funny how, cl- you know, you got the New York Islanders making that pick and the Rangers end up picking a, a you know, a, a superstar, probably a guy that, um, as you go through the decades for all of these NHL teams, I mean, you know, the Rangers have also had Mike Richter, but, as you go through the years, it's, it would be hard to, to not put Lungfist at the top of, of the Rangers' all-time goaltender list. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a one of one, if you will. Um, well, uh, I, 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 we've sung his praises pretty hard, and he deserved them. Uh, Henrik was in, incredible. Um, but, man, another uh, another award we like to do, it's, it's something that uh, I think uh, – what I like about, for example, baseball drafts is they'll just draft athletes. Uh, like one of my favorites was quarterback uh, Russell Wilson, uh, already into his Seattle Seahawks career, was was drafted. Uh, uh, I can't remember which team did it, but it's just like baseball. There's so many effing picks. They don't care. 
we'll, we'll give him a shot, you know. Yeah. Uh, something hockey does, it, it's at least this trend is, is carried uh, for the drafts we've, you know, been uh, more studiously covering, is old people. Uh, they've been drafting a lot of guys who they're not, they're, they're, they're already 30, Matt, when they're, when they're getting picked. So we have the, the Yuri DePito award in honor of the uh, former 29 year olds who, who got drafted and Matt, the year 2000 actually eclipsed that with Lubomir Sekaras. Uh, Minnesota took him and uh, Minnesota had one of the best drafts, I think of this, <laughs> of this, uh, this campaign here. Uh, not only did they get Gabrick, and you know, it, it's basically I'm trying to credit their scouting department. They got Gabrick, they got yeah. Nick Schultz, who has a super, uh, you know, another guy with not a super colorful name, but a couple guys who ended up having thousand game careers, which is really tough to do. Um, and with Lubomir, they did draft a 31 year old man, um, but he was productive in his short window. You know, he he uh, he actually did get. You know about 20 minutes of ice time uh you know for about three years there for minnesota um you know he topped out at about 34 points you know not not horrible for a defenseman uh right. you know about 30 20 10 and then he you know had his final it, little cup of coffee with dallas but it's just it a does, weird little trend that i like i like tracking it does make sense too that a team like the wild would do it since they were you know this is their expansion year so they're drafting a guy who can step right in and play I really yeah. like the second guy on this list is 29-year-old Roman Chechmanic who, walk, who who walks away from the NHL with a 919 save percentage, a 2.08 goals against in 212 games. That's not some those aren't like awesome numbers that he put up in like 10 games. This is 212 games coming up with 110 wins and 64 losses. I mean Roman Chechmanic again the the uh, beauty there is that he gets to step right in. He's, he's 29 years old. You don't need to worry about, uh, you know, too much going on in, in, in regards to development. Um, but, I, I yeah, I, 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 I get, I get uh, the Wild doing it, the Flyers going with Chechmanic. Uh, and where did he go? He went 171st. Uh, you know, if, if Lundqvist didn't go so late, you could make the argument that Chechmanic actually is the guy who's our, our Pavel Datsuk player because they, they took a chance on an older guy and then he turns in 212 solid games. And actually his point share is 38.1. Think about that. In 200 games, it's 38.1. Uh, so that's 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 not bad. Yeah, makes you wonder why, uh, you know, Philly wasn't uh, looking at Henrik. Uh, yeah. I know you want to bring it against ready to roll, but uh, did, we, did we need the 29-year-old guy? I don't know. Matt, uh, there's one more award that you threw on here. Uh, you, you called it the, the Good Boy Award. Matt, yeah. who, who took home the Good Boy here? Yeah, the Good Boy Award is like, uh, it has to deal with uh, loyalty. So I'm kind of thinking like you have a good dog, you're patting him on the head. Um, but yeah, the Red Wings and the Rangers both ended up taking top 10 guys. Uh, top 10 uh, careers, I, I should say, in this draft. And they ended up playing their entire career with one team. So that of course are the, the guys we've already mentioned, uh, Nicholas Cronwall and uh, Henrik Lundqvist. So I, I like that award going forward because we, we always talk about all these teams that were successful in these drafts. Uh, but then we're basing that on the, the team holding on to, you know, or just making the pick and then how successful was the player. 
So it is, you know, it, it's a testament to their scouting to know that these guys were worthwhile. But then it's it's the front office, uh, the the entire front office to not only draft the guy, but then to know we've got to hang on to this guy for his entire career because uh, you know part of the part of the NHL is moving guys because sometimes you don't want to have a guy. Uh, too early in his career or too late in his career and it just makes sense marketing wise for a team to have some guy it makes sense for your budget to have uh, a guy at this point in his career instead of this point in his career so there's there's so many things that go into it so it's not always a dumb decision but uh there has to be something said for for these two teams like making the decision to hang on to cronwall and lungfist for their entire career so the good boy award goes to the red wings and nicholas cronwall and the rangers and henrik lungfist that's cool. Um, before we uh, kind of start repicking this draft here, we're just going to do the top 10 and, you know, see what scraps were left for the Red Wings when they picked at the end of the first round. But, um, Matt, what did the Red the Wings scraps? do in real life? Yeah, there were some scraps, Matt. Because we're going we're gonna to pick over all the good stuff. We'll see what's, uh, we'll see what's left. Oh, Matt, I thought you were... Red Wings do in 2000? I'm, I'm sorry. No, I thought ahead. you were You're saying, fine. let's look at who was drafted. And... No. So I was like, we made a pretty good pick. Um, all right. So what are we doing? We're draft. I'm drafting first. Oh, no, I was just going to say, what did, uh, just an overview of what the Red Wings did before we dive in. Oh yeah. Uh, Cronwall in the first round, we traded up to get Thomas Kopecky. Um, actually, no, I think we made that trade in October of 1998. Yeah. That's what I saw. So we, we, we had the 2000 draft pick from the New York Rangers bringing this team up again. Uh, back in 1998, um, and we, who did we trade? We traded, uh, was it Mike Knubel? Is that what yeah. I saw? Yeah. So Mike mm-hmm. Knubel gets traded, and then uh, we get uh, this this pick and pick up uh, Thomas Kopecky. I, I just thought it was interesting. Like, let me, let me scroll back to this, because, no, I can't remember all this off the top of my head. Um, but it, 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 was, it was funny to me that we get Thomas Kopecky at number 38, and then the Rangers actually ended up picking dominic moore who ends up being in in the top 20 of this draft uh for like successful careers and he goes at number 95 so it's just it's it's kind of interesting that that was how the that trade lined up and let me actually make sure that that was um what did i say number 95 yeah so that yeah so that was the rangers he ends up playing uh you know nearly 900 games uh just become a solid solid center for the for the rangers for his career he's he's not uh you know he's not going to get his number up in the rafters but uh neither's thomas kopecky in the second round <laughs> but uh everything else was just uh nobody even sniffed the nhl so uh kind of interesting there that we got um maybe the opposite of what we had been seeing in the last uh couple of years for the detroit red wings getting uh zetterberg and datsuk and now this year it's we we nail it in the first round and then dog shit in the rest of the rest of the draft. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, nice, nice, nice pickup though. In the first round, I mean, there were 28 other teams that could have picked Nicholas Cronwall and they didn't. Um, so good, good on the Red Wings. I think that's one of those where the you've, everybody's always made like two different arguments of how amazing is the scouting to pick up Datsuk and Zetterberg so late in the draft. Uh, but then people always are ready to jump and say, yeah, but wouldn't they draft him in the first round if they knew they were going to be good? There's so many variables to throw into that because yeah, why would you roll the dice? 
<laughs> well, you know? why, why would you pick up a guy you know is going to go to the sixth round? I mean, basically what I think would happen is Datsuk or Zetterberg just pro- Zetterberg goes to the seventh round, and then the draft's over. So does he even get drafted if we don't? So why why are you going to pick him up in the first round? Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, like... <laughs> I sound like a fanboy when I say that. I'm just saying there's a lot of variables. So on the flip side of that, the next year we pick up Cronwall in the first round. So if there's any argument about, you know, the Red Wings just get lucky or what have you, this is this is a pick where you go, okay, they they are doing some good scouting. This worked out. We just said goodbye to Cronwall last year. Hell of a career. Um so yeah, there's there's that. Um all right, redrafting the 2000 draft. So right. I went fine, first. I'll, fine, I'll take the first pick. In 98, yes. you went first in 99, so I will go first in no. 2000. All right, go ahead. Yay. All right, so the New York Islanders, Mike, took a goalie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Lungfist. Uh, no more need be said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 as easy as it gets, right? I mean they are, they were already looking for a goaltender. Now they get to use a crystal ball and see well who's going to be the best goaltender to come out of this draft. I think it would be fun to just sit here and go, you know what? I'm taking Bruce Galloff. Maybe he'll have a better career if he starts out. Turn it around. Yeah. yeah. No, I he had a great career i wouldn't say he turned it around i would just say you know maybe the the situation changes up a little bit all right yeah i mean uh i don't, I don't think i'm uh, still taking lung fist I, you, you no <laughs> i'm not taking briz i'm just saying I, I could i could probably make somewhat of an argument just those those kind of longing looks i think islander fans just looking across you know the cityscapes there and Seeing Madison Square Garden just lit up with another Lundqvist victory, you know. Yeah, I think they would be happy to have a little little change of luck there, Matt. And uh, but the second pick, um, you know, they uh, was that Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, now the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, um, they uh, they took Danny Heatley at the time. Uh, you know, he's he's fine. Uh, you know. A guy who you know almost got that at eight hundred point plateau there, um, but I, I think they could do a little better. I think they could take a guy who who also got to play with Lundqvist a little bit, Matt. Um, I'm going Gabrick. I, I don't think there's any debating that he was the best forward in this. You know, the, the best skater. Um, you know, you could maybe say, does that that point share? How does that equate for a goalie and you know a skater? Uh, but I think the best skater in this draft was was Gabrick, and it's you know I'm, I'm always envious of left-handed shooters. Um, you know, dude was an all-star. He just you know was a, a consistent point scorer. Um, a dude who played you know uh, 18 years. You know, so you get longevity. Um, you you get uh, pucks and nets. Um, yeah, I, I mean he's kind of floated around. He, he kind of floated around at the end. Um, you know, playing with the Kings a little bit. I think he had a cup of coffee with the with, with Columbus. My God, um, but I, I don't think you can be upset for Atlanta. You get you get a slight upgrade. You get a little you get a little bit longer career because that's what we're doing. You get their the span of their career, not what they ended up. You know, with their one team that picked them. So that's what you're that's what you're getting out of this. So, um, yeah, 
that's what I'm doing for Atlanta, man. They they want a forward, they get a slightly better forward. Well, I'm 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 gonna make the argument here, and here's where I'm taking I'm taking Danny Heatley at number three. Ooh. Um with the crystal ball, you can I it's just one of those things where you're gonna see what happened in someone's career. So maybe maybe the Minnesota Wild, like this is a better place to be. You got a quieter place for Danny Heatley to live. Um I think the the career troubles that he had, maybe there's a better chance, uh, you know, things work out. I mean, this is a guy who was on the cover of NHL, uh, like, 2000-whatever, NHL 2004, 2005. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think Danny Heatley's a bad pick. I don't think you can look, uh, you look at a guy and go, yep, he's going to have some very specific issues uh in his career so i i i'm gonna take heatley at number three and he's still even even with what happened in his career i think he's still the number three point getter in this draft so he had a lot of opportunity to keep getting points yep number three uh and actually uh that would put him as the number two forward in point share yeah so in that regard danny heatley's not a bad pick so he is going to the minnesota wild who need a superstar that you can point to since they're just coming off their expansion draft. All right. Well, uh, with number four, I'm taking uh, with uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. We're picking there. Um, they originally took uh, Radoslav uh, Klesla, who, you know, carved out an okay career. Uh, you know, 659 games is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Right. But uh, Rostislav, as much as I love that first name, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different defenseman for them. Now I there is a defenseman who had a little bit better point share, Matt. Um, you know if you want to look at uh, Visnovsky, who you know played for the Kings, but I'm gonna give him Cronwall. I'm taking I'm putting Cronwall pick number four there because um, I think besides getting you know a a, a hard hitting dude, uh, you know a guy who who did get his fair share of you know, assists. He did have a, a pretty powerful shot. He would run the point for the Red Wings. I think you also get a little bit of an identity. Because um, when he was on the ice, you know, you knew that there was some thunder about to come down. Um, whenever he was out there, I think you you were kind of keeping your head on a swivel because <laughs> you didn't want to be, you know, part of one of his checking highlight videos. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, you know, Columbus being a little bit newer team, I don't think they would have minded, you know, associating themselves with somebody like Cronwall. So I'm going to put him at number four. Well, I, here's here's what I would do um, with that number four pick. And this this is the argument. I, I would go with Lubomir because he is one of those guys that we were talking about before who's who's older and he's ready to go. So he's drafted. He's 24 years old. You could have Vishnovsky go right in for a team that, uh, again, just went through the expansion draft. So they're starting fresh. So I, I like that pick of Lubomir over Cronwall because they're going to draft Cronwall. And he was still a project for the Detroit Red Wings. He was not inserted right away. So they're so many years out before Cronwall is ready to go. But if you pick up Lubomir at 24, this guy, bam. You get maybe, what, maybe one year uh at worst but if you're talking about a that's team a, that has... that's a lot of pining for somebody who's about to pick fifth man crowdball's already been chosen boom well i just uh, so yeah there's my argument all right so fifth uh is uh is the, the islanders, islanders two uh, coming top up again five. yeah all right so who do i have left um i've got the field right <laughs> except for a few guys he's got yep minus four 
And then the Islanders did think it was important uh, to pick up a left winger, which always seems hard to find. So I guess... I guess we'll just we'll we'll make this left winger thing work out a little bit better, and we'll go with uh, who went number six, which is Scott Hartnell, and uh, yeah. he's he's coming over he's coming over to the Islanders. That's who uh, I wanted at six. You son of a. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Um, I, not not much to dissect here. Just a guy who had a pretty successful career at left wing, and let's let's kind of upgrade that Rafi Torres to a Scott Hartnell. Son of a bitch. Yeah, well, doubled up doubled up the games played and tripled up the points. Well, Matt, that uh, moves it down to my pick. Uh, I, I was really excited to, uh, to actually take that guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like, they actually like chose perfectly. They got basically the best left wing. Um, he just dropped into their slot. They're, they're, there wouldn't have been any quibbles there from like the, like the fans kind of, you know, doing this with us. Yeah. Um, so for Nashville, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, kind of get a, get out the old bongo drums and, you know, do some backpedaling here because our, our players off the board. So instead at number six, um, give me a dude with, uh, I think he had the, the longest career second or third longest. Yeah. He did have the longest career from, uh, from this draft. Uh, he went all the way to 28 from the Flyers originally, but uh, we're going to pick a, a wing on the other side. Matt, give me Justin Williams. Woo! Um, not, uh, not, you know, not not the most glamorous point scorer of all time, but, uh, Matt, give me 2013-14, uh, um, a year that Lunkfist, I think, just thinks about and cringes. Because uh, that would be a year of the Kings. Uh, Justin Williams got himself a little Con Smythe action, Matt. Ooh, how does that taste? Um, in his career, he made no All-Star games, but that one magical run, 13-14 for the Kings. Uh, my man, Jay Will, you know, he's going to lead my my beloved pick here at number six. He's going to lead them to maybe a Stanley Cup, 13-14, and be the best player on a playoff team. Got a long-ass career. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> the bonus too is that maybe one day, if they if they hold on to Justin for his whole career, since he helped Carolina come up with those post game uh, celebrations, maybe maybe he'll be bringing those over one day. Uh, so that that's the bonus. Like when you get to look at the crystal ball, uh, that's what that's what Nashville gets to to one day dream about. And Nashville would be a great town for those uh, post game celebrations, since they've really turned into like this party town like that's the uh, how they're identified now since they have a pretty successful team okay number seven uh i'm actually gonna take who ends up being and we've already brought him up let me just make sure i get this right uh so he's the fifth best point share right so this is a steal even in our redraft of the nhl even with a crystal ball this is still a steal for the boston bruins so they're just going to be that much better but they're going to be taking lubomir and uh, where they took, um, I'm sorry, let me, I keep scrolling, scrolling away from, from the page I need to be looking at. So they, they take Lars Johnson at number seven, who ends up playing eight games in the NHL. And now they get, now they're actually going to be able to walk away with uh, a very respectable uh, defenseman leading the way. Uh, 883 games played, 495 points. And again, 
coming in at number five in total point share uh, for, for what you could bring to your team and how many wins you're going to help add. That's what the Boston Bruins get now. Uh, so I, I think a steal would be an absolute steal in our redraft and was an absolute steal for the Kings uh, in their regular draft. Well, um, I mean, I can't, I can't add too much more than that. Uh, he, he was a fine player, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move along here. My, uh, my beloved Tampa Bay Lightning. Iserman's old buddies down in Florida. His what we thought was his retirement project. Uh, now he's back in Detroit. He's working again. So, Matt, they took a, a wing originally, and they're going to take a wing again. Matt, again, I love colorful names. This is not one of them. Give me Brad Boys. Uh oh, I got somebody sneaking in here. Uh, much like Tampa sneaking in this draft and taking this guy who originally went 24th. They're sneaking and getting Brad Boys, who's, again, not a sexy name, uh, but he, he'd have a more colorful um, regular season career uh, than my boy Justin Williams. Uh, you know, he's up there for a couple Lady Bangs. Obviously, he had no shot because the overlap with that suit made that impossible. Um, he was up there for, uh, you know, being in the All-Star game. Uh, you know, he had a, an apex of, you know, 72 points, nothing, nothing too crazy. But again, this is a guy we're just looking at consistency. Um, you get, you know, 14 years out of him. Uh, you get a guy who was a, you know, defensive gentleman. Give me boys at eight. They wanted a wing. They get a wing. Not a sexy name, but you get a guy who's, who's going to play for a while for you. Matt, we moved to number nine. And before you pick, whoever you pick is going to be better than what Calgary did because they easily got – the biggest bust of the top 10, uh, Brent Cran, uh, but not spelled like the fun Crayola Cran, just K-R-A-H-N, Cran. Uh, played a whopping one game in the NHL, uh, did not contribute very much as a goaltender. Matt, how do you bail out Calgary? What do you got for him? I'm going to play, I'm going to play the game we were playing earlier where we were talking about uh, goalies that actually ended up having a, a pretty good career, uh, despite not playing super long. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm hurting Calgary with this. Cause I think the easy thing to do is just to go Ilya Brzezgalov, like match their goalie pick and just go, all right, who's the best guy on the board? Um, who, you know, played the most games, brought in a good point share. No, I'm going Roman Chechmanic. They have the crystal ball. They're drafting that 29-year-old goalie because he gets to play this year. He's going to come in second in uh, the um, uh, uh, rookie voting. He's going to come uh, – oh, let me let me pull this up here. I, I was just looking at it. Uh, he's fourth place for the Hart Trophy, second place for the Vesna. He's an all-star for his first three seasons in the NHL, almost gets another Vesna. Uh, I, I just – yeah, this – this guy all the way. Uh, Roman Chechmonic is going to bring some excitement uh, over to Calgary. And uh, bringing over almost a 920 save percentage. He only played uh, four years total. But I, I just, I can't, I can't get around it. I, I, I'm going I'm to have some fun here. And we're going to, we're going to leave uh, Briz on the board. <laughs> all right. I guess uh, I get to close out the top 10 here, Matt. Uh, it's, I know they took a center originally. Okay. I just, at number 10, 
there's a there's a name that I was we only mentioned him once so far, and it's it's a it's a name that I love Ben Wallace, the Detroit Pistons center. Um, he had a, a mantra: "Fear the fro." And Matt, at number ten, we would be remiss if former Moscow native Alex Froloff wasn't taken. Now, Matt, he only played about eight years, but my God, did those first two years shine? He had a whopping thirty-one. And 48 points. Uh, we maxed out with the Kings there. Uh, he almost made your criteria, by the way, of being a dude who played his whole career with one team. He was a king from uh, 02 to 2010. Uh, Matt, not, not, again, not dazzling, but this we'd be remiss if this name was not chosen because it's, it's a great name. It's fun to say. It feels nice in your mouth. Uh, he's actually up for the, the Calder Award. Uh, Kimmy Froloff. All right, I don't, that's it. And you got uh, let's let's do one last thing, Matt. Crawling all the way down to number twenty-nine. If if a couple of the defensemen here are off the board, what would the Red Wings have done potentially? Uh, so what do we got? Uh, all right, I gotta like count to figure out who would be gone. <laughs> Nine, 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 uh, looks like we're taking Andreas Lilia. So, Woo! there you go. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That comes full circle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else? Right? I mean, how else would this game be played? Uh, you, you gotta go. With, I love. Um... I, I love that pick. I love that pick. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good one. He was a, he was a Red Wing for a couple years. He's. He was on the was wasn't he on the cup team in 08? Yeah, he was on the cup. He won a cup. Good for him. Yeah, no, I it's it's cute that this this worked out that way. But yeah, I, I don't know any other way to play this game than to count down how many. Thank God, yeah. Guys Thank God, crystal list. balls aren't real. Yeah, we would have really been screwed. Yeah. Uh, Lilia with our uh, our top pick there. Um, well, then we'd of, be getting uh, uh, we'd be getting a first pick uh, coming up. Oh, that's right. Uh, Matt, would you say that he is, I think Cronwall is going to be in the, you know, like Michigan Sports Hall of Fame and all that nonsense. Does he go into the National Hockey Hall of Fame? No. No. I don't think he's so. Pretty, he's Michigan Hall of Fame, but not Hockey Hall of Fame. Does the Michigan Hall of Fame let people from Sweden Oh, yeah. In? Come on in. We'll take it. He's a Red Wing. They'll let him do it. Come on. I don't think that's how that works. You don't have to no, because they don't only take Michigan natives. Because you know, most of the players like Barry Sanders. But he just played for the Lions. He's from Oklahoma. He's in the Michigan Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're not just. Man, me... There'd be nobody. There'd be what? nobody in there. Why would you say? I mean, there's a ton of different states that have colleges that have successful Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Uh. Oh. Yeah, there's a picture of Barry Sanders, Steve Eiserman, uh, Joe Dumars, and Alan Trammell. You said to hang out here. 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is not how this should work. The Michigan Sports Hall of Fame should what only be Michigan-born people. It's so stupid. What's the point? It's we just... got to build a wall? No, we're honoring people who played for Detroit and Michigan. Build That's a what wall? That's what this Hall of Fame is for. Why, yeah. why, why are you building a wall? What's the... What's... Why... This just means anybody who's pretty good, you know. Now this is as lame as the WWE Hall of Fame, since you can just pick anybody that's just stopped on in for a a ham sandwich. What? You know what? I, no, you can't. You can't just no. I, I'm not cutting off Steve Eiserman. That's what Matt's trying to say is that Eiserman should not be in the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I said. I want you to name exactly it's... one person who should be in there. Uh, Gerald Ford played for the University of Michigan, became president of, uh... Yeah, but he's president of the United States, not of Michigan. Ow! I I nailed it. He was not president of Michigan! I, it's not if you leave the state. It's if you were, so what, you were what is your criteria? Because we're, we're gonna go over now, because of this stupid argument, but... Oh, we're you, way you... over already you can't discount like barry sanders eiserman doom those guys are so synonymous with the state of michigan that, why does it go it why does it go away if they're not like i'm saying the michigan hall of fame should be about people that were born in michigan no because then there's people who just leave is that like it's it's kind of like you're choosing to be here. That's more important that you're choosing to be part of. Nobody, Michigan. Barry Sanders didn't choose the Detroit Lions. He definitely re-signed here. He could have signed somewhere else. Yeah, we gave him enough money to stick around. Oh, no other team was gonna pay Barry Sanders to play running back for them. I Come just, on, man. That's a that's a paper argument. No. Like, what are we what are we doing? The Michigan Hall of Fame. Uh, who cares? Matt, you have a terrible argument. All right, that's got to be the end of the show. Matt, let's get out of here. Let's ride off into the sunset. All right, Mike with the terrible argument. All right, we're headed out. Let's Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, have a good one. Hi everybody, this is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody hi everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the discussion five can't thank you enough but to try to give back we're here to tell you about another cool hockey contest that the hockey podcast network and the discussion five are very proud to tell you about if you are interested in walking away with a $175 cool hockey gift card, you've got to listen up. Because if you buy a jersey from coolhockey.com before June 1st, so from the moment you hear this till June 1st, you will be entered to win a $175 cool hockey 
gift card. Now, once you make that purchase, your name is automatically entered, and it has to be a jersey purchase to be entered. All you have to do is go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. And you know what? Mother's Day's coming up. So you go ahead and get your mom that hockey jersey that she's always wanted. And now you're entered for the Cool Hockey Gift Card Contest. Now, a couple little snippets here. If we get 10 jerseys sold by May 15th, this sucker's going to turn into a $200 gift card. That's right. So you want to share with your friends and your buddies what's going on here. Now, make sure you also use the promo code THPN to get 30% off the hockey jersey that you're purchasing. So just to run this down one more time, we've got coolhockey.com slash THPN is the location you want to go to to run this contest uh, and buy your next hockey jersey. Get your mom a hockey jersey for Mother's Day, and then you'll be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card to give to your dad for Father's Day.